Diaz from Center City. This is the Rorschach Venezuela update from the 24th of November 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On Friday the 18th, the pre-trial Chamber 1 of the International Criminal Court, or ICC, extended a public invitation to the representatives and the victims of human rights violations in Venezuela to present their concerns and opinions regarding Venezuela case number one, the protests that took place in 2014 and 2017. On the 1st of November, ICC prosecutor Karim Khan requested authorization from Chamber One to resume the investigation of Venezuela regarding crimes against humanity committed in the 2014 and 2017 protests. Speaking of the Venezuela case number one, on Monday the 21st, the Miranda State Court declared innocent an official of the Bolivarian National Guard, or GMB, who wounded the student Moises Guanches in 2014. Guanches was wounded at point-blank range by a GNB official while leaving work. At that time, Moises had to receive three blood transfusions and undergo operations on his arm, leg, and one of his testicles due to the attacks suffered. To date, the name of the guard has not been revealed to the press. Another person facing trial is the former nurse of former President Chavez. Diaz Guichen was part of Chavez's health team before being appointed as national treasurer, a position she held from 2011 to 2013, and her husband was Chavez's head of security. After Chavez's death, they left Venezuela and moved to Spain. On Sunday, the 20th, The Fort Lauderdale Federal Court announced that the money laundering trial against Claudia Patricia Díaz Guichen and her husband, Adrián José Velázquez Figueroa, will take place this Monday, the 28th, in Florida. The trial will last two weeks. Moving on, on Monday, the 21st, the Colombian government and the National Liberation Army, better known as ELN, officially resumed the peace dialogue in Venezuela, days after the Colombian prosecutor's office suspended the arrest and extradition warrants of 17 of ELN members this Thursday the 17th. The meeting was held at the Humboldt Hotel in Caracas, and Colombia media considered it as one of the first steps to achieve total peace in Colombia during Petro's term. On the 13th of September, Maduro's government agreed to act as peace guarantor in the negotiations between the Colombian government and the ELN, along with Cuba and Norway. Following this news, on Tuesday the 22nd, Juan Carlos Bolívar, one of the representatives of the Venezuela opposition, demanded the ELN to leave the country. In a press release, Bolívar rejected the fact that the first cycle of negotiations were held in Venezuela with, quote, criminals who have destroyed towns, unquote, adding that this dialogue process will not achieve, quote, any well-being, unquote, for Colombia or Venezuela. On the same day, Ingrid Betancourt, 
leader of the Verde Oxígeno political party in Colombia, asked the Maduro government to stop supporting the ELN. Speaking of Colombia, on Tuesday the 22nd, Petro announced the resumption of the political dialogue between the administration of Maduro and the Venezuelan opposition in Mexico after being suspended for one year. He said that the dialogue will resume this Friday the 25th. On the same day, the National Communications Center, an entity linked to the interim government headed by Juan Guaidó, said on Twitter that the information about the resumption of the dialogue in Mexico hasn't been confirmed by any, quote, official sources, unquote, such as Norway and the Unitary Platform. In migration news, on Thursday the 17th, the media outlet La Voz de América reported that more than 12,000 Venezuelans, along with YU natives, live in shelters on an old airstrip in the municipality of Maicao, Colombia. The director of risk management of the mayor of Maicao, Luis Enrique Ramírez, reported that more than 3,400 families live in the place and that since 2019, the number of inhabitants has increased. Ramírez said that not only Venezuelan migrants live there, but also Colombians who have been left without work and housing amid the COVID-19 pandemic. On Thursday the 17th, the Panamanian National Migration Service, or SNM, reported that more than 150 Venezuelan migrants who were staying in the temporary shelter in Viejo Veranillo departed to Venezuela from the Tocumen International Airport. José Grimaldo, the SNM supervisor, also reported that more than 7,000 Venezuelan migrants who enter the country irregularly have managed to return to Venezuela. Next up, on Thursday the 17th, in a live broadcast, Maduro challenged the opposition leader, Capriles Radonsky, to a debate. Maduro attacked Capriles, stating that he was, quote, touring the country with lies, unquote. Following this news, on Friday the 18th, Capriles accepted the challenge but set a condition. Following this news, on Friday the 18th, Capriles accepted the challenge but set a condition. He asked Maduro to lift the political disqualifications against him and other opposition leaders, which prevent them from being elected in the presidential elections. In other news, on Saturday the 19th, the presidential candidate, Juan Pablo Guanipa, denounced that a violent group of 70 followers of the ruling party tried to prevent his tour from taking place in the state of Trujillo. In a press conference, Guanipa said, the violent group was armed and tried to attack him and his party for no reason. On that note about presidential candidates, on Friday the 18th, the Acción Democrática's candidate for the primaries Carlos Prosperi, held a brief meeting with Maduro. The meeting happened in the middle of the Virgin of Chinquinquirá, mass outside the Basílica in Maracaibo, Zulia State.
Many people took pictures of the meeting. Prosperi put his hand on the shoulder of Maduro, who, smiling, hugged the opposition candidate. Moving on, on Monday the 21st, activists from the LGBTIQ plus community chained themselves in front of the ombudsman's office in Caracas to protest against physical punishment applied to homosexuals in the National Armed Forces, the law that prohibits changing names due to gender identity reasons and the state omission to discuss same-sex marriage. The activists said that the chain would be indefinite and that they could even go on a hunger strike if they did not receive answers from the government. In unrelated news, on Sunday the 20th, a man died after handing a grenade that later... In unrelated news, on Sunday the 20th, a man died after handling a grenade that later exploded in a street of the Venancio Pulgar Parish in Zulia State. His true intentions are yet unknown. Some think that the individual was going to use the grenade to attack a business in the area. So far, the victim has not been identified. Another scandal in the Miss Venezuela organization. On Thursday the 17th, a day after the Miss Venezuela contest, several members of the jury denounced on social media that the contest result does not match with the votes carried out by them. Former Miss Venezuela Maritza Pineda and Toto Aguerrevere, just to mention a few, said that the winners of the night were Andrea Romero as Miss Venezuela and Daniela Malavé as Miss International. On Saturday the 19th, After the statements of the jury, Andrea Romero, second runner-up, issued a statement where she asked the organization to, quote, clarify the controversy, unquote. The organization did not remain silent and spoke out the same day. In a statement, the organization said that the selection process of the winners was not only defined by the voting of the main jury, but also by the voting of the staff of the Miss Venezuela organization. They also accused the members of the jury of damaging the image of the contest. Following this news, on Monday the 21st, the radio host and member of the main jury of Miss Venezuela 2022, Toto Agarrevere, resigned from his job as a speech teacher for the Miss Venezuela organization after the statement issued by the organization. On his radio show, Agarrevere said that the organization treated the jury, quote, like dogs, unquote, and that he did not want to work with that, quote, kind, unquote, of organization. And that's it for this week. Another quick question. How are we doing on bias? Axe grinding. We try to be independent and stick to the facts and context with favor and fear of none. How are we doing? So, do we seem even a teensy bit biased? Tell us at venezuela at rorschach.com. Hasta la próxima!